Hello and welcome to another week of Generic Ear Porn. That is right, this week you are with me, Harry, and me, Harry, as Charlie is uh, currently on a date and I want to ensure that we commit to our promise of delivering an episode every single week this year. I am doing a quick little episode uh, just focusing around all the various bits of beautiful news that are out there in the world that I can share with you. And it has been quite a big week for reasons I won't get into. It feels like every single week there is a new crazy thing going on and it can be quite stressful um, and it can feel like nothing good is happening. But there is. We are a um, planet filled with seven billion organisms that are all working towards amazing, amazing goals. And this website, informationisbeautiful.net, has collected some of the amazing things that we humans have been working on. So one of the things that we've been going into before on generic ear porn and I find particularly fascinating is this uh, new rice that can be grown in salt water. Absolutely millions of humans that are in poverty depend on rice to eat and it's not incredibly efficient to be using fresh water all the time to grow it. Standard fresh water salt uh, grows 6.7 uh, tons per hectare. Uh, um, salt water, uh, the new salt water tolerant rice can grow 4.5 tons per hectare. Uh, and so this is incredible news because it means we can use water, we can keep fresh water uh, for use uh, for, for drinking and uh, and use currently what it is considered wastewater uh, or water that we can't use for drinking to grow food that we can then consume. It's great news. Okay, on to the next thing. There is, oh God, there's so much cool things going on. Okay, uh, the next thing is a weird one. Now, I can't imagine why anyone would want to do this but European teens are drinking less alcohol now that was a silly thing to say because I'm joking uh, and I can think of loads of reasons to drink less alcohol I just love a little beer after work but I find even that can disrupt my sleep a little bit uh, anyway risky drinking can lead to this is what's on the post regarding this, then the source is the World Health Organization, the WHO. Risky drinking can lead to violence, injury, and STDs. The longer term, it, uh, it leads to psychological and social problems. Europe has seen significant declines in teenage drinking over the last 20 years, higher taxes, restrictions on advertising, and information campaigns have been the drivers. The result, healthier and happier adolescence isn't that cool i think uh, that restricting marketing for things for addictive substances 
um, like alcohol, I don't know if you can call it addictive. It certainly can be addictive for some people, but restricting advertising is really great. And let's see, percentage decrease in teenage alcohol consumption in 2002 versus 2014. In the UK, it's dropped by 32%. That is crazy. Uh, so it's one of the things I think they need to or this is clearly proven that it's effective to uh, restrict the amount that something can be advertised and marketed and I think that should be the lesson that we apply to things like gambling as well and it's I also think that having smartphones makes people uh, makes my little brother he goes to university and they all are very careful with how they drink and how they act on nights out and one of the reasons i think is because there's literally always a camera on them filming them the second they're looking to do something a bit silly now that could be seen as a bit of a negative but at the at the same time it does uh, force them to look uh, more objectively at their behavior the next day which I don't actually think is wholeheartedly a bad thing uh, also a lot of them are enjoying to do weed so I'm wondering if that's gone up in popularity and people are just opting to do that rather than uh, alcohol okay so the next thing that I think is really really cool is the super capacitor bus they are a thing now in Shanghai and if you can go on YouTube and watch a video of them they look pretty much like a regular bus but uh, they're pretty awesome uh, at each stop the bus charges its capacitors enough to drive to the next one uh, and that is just really really remarkable so when it's stopped it's charging and then it's driving to the next uh, bus stop and it kind of looks like a tram and so the uh, to tell you a bit more about it supercapacitors don't hold as much energy as batteries but they last for years and charge really quickly that makes them perfect for the use in mass transit systems in china supercapacitor buses run all day fully loaded and with air conditioning on some models can charge in just 10 seconds better still they consume 30 to 50% less energy than other electric vehicles, which is just <laughs> the whole reason uh, me and Charlie got into this beautiful news is learning about these new remarkable <laughs> innovations. And it just seems once someone builds something like this, it feels uh, in a way a bit frustrating that they haven't been implemented already, but it's got to make you hopeful because once this is implemented in one city it's much much easier for it to get implemented in another and then another and then another and then another and once it's implemented in 10 it becomes much easier to implement it in 20 and once it's implemented in 20 then 40 becomes much easier and once it's in across a whole, across a whole country it becomes easier for it to reach another country and once it's uh, around the world uh, as uh, industrializing things have a habit of doing 
it then means that we are only waiting for something better than that. And this is far, far better than what we currently have, a supercapacitor bus using very low amounts of electricity compared to an electric bus. that we, We've got an electric bus network in Brighton, and they are brilliant, but a supercapacitor bus network could be much more energy efficient. And that combined with our wind energy that we have, we've got loads of wind turbines out on the seafront, uh, could be a amazing combination for what would be ultra 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 low cost public transport so currently it costs about two pounds something to get a bus from uh, brighton into town imagine sort of paying 20p uh, for an air-conditioned bus into town and charging your phone at the same time I think that is really cool beans. I wonder what Charlie is talking about on his date. I wonder if he's telling her about the supercapacitor bus. If I think his game is a little bit better than that. But to be honest, that's probably what I'd be talking about. I think I've got quite good game on dates. However, I not particularly great at getting the second date so very glad that I have Maddie now and she seems to accept me for all of my interest in supercapacitor buses that are not always shared by other people but she always seems to be interested hello Maddie if you're listening to this I know you don't <laughs> Uh, after 23 months, the 2018 Ebola outbreak in DR Congo has ended. Oh, I didn't know there was one. But it's nice to know that that's over. This is interesting because, uh, so let's just read this. The 2018 Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of the Congo was the world's second biggest War and political instability made a bad situation even worse. Over 2,000 people died. Ebola generally kills two-thirds of those who contract it, who contract it. but new treatments, including antivirals, were key in ending the recent outbreak. They're saving more lives in the future. So that's cool and everything. However, I happen to know recently, <coughs> let's see if I can find this while I'm talking, that Ebola now has a vaccine yes here it is so there's finally this is the article there's finally a vaccine for ebola and it really works it's 97.5 percent effective ebola is no longer an incurable horror disease thanks to canadian scientists the new vaccine rvsv zebov was used in the last outbreak in the republic of congo it protected over 90,000 health responders developed it in social rings. Firstly, those in contact with the known cases, then their contacts. Uh, it's the same strategy used in the smallpox 40 years ago, against smallpox and 40 years ago, and it was wiped out. <coughs> so this is really exciting uh, that there will no longer be Ebola outbreaks. 
God, that's actually remarkable to think that we have that much power over nature. Okay. So I think we should move on to the next fact. Uh, I wonder how long it'll take us to... Oh, no, I don't want to talk about COVID. I'm going to chat about other things. More good news. Okay. Biofortified cassava set to transform the health of millions. Nearly half a billion Africans rely on cassava for 50% of their calories. But cassava is nutrient poor, which contributes to anemia, diarrhea, deaths, cognitive problems. Biologists inserted two genes from thalecress, a flowering plant, into cassava, the root vegetable, transforming the nutrient profile percent of requirements of zinc and iron for women and young children. And so original cassava was less than 10% zinc and iron, Biofortified cassava is 70%, uh, oh, it's 50% zinc and 20%, sorry, 20% 70, 20% zinc and 50% iron. Diets in lower income countries lack, oh, interesting, I don't know how this, and yet, got that right. Diets in lower income countries can lack choice. A single staple crop might give people enough energy but enough nutrients. <coughs> Children and pregnant women need zinc and iron to avoid diarrhea and anemia. Cassava doesn't have much of either, but US biologists have found a way to, of generic, genetically modifying it to boost nutrient levels. Science magic. That is bloody brilliant. Scientists are just crazy. And we don't often notice these little inventions. And you might think that this is a modern thing, or this is dangerous, or this is weird. This idea of altering a vegetable in order to obtain more nutrients. It sort of sounds like it's going against nature it's a, or something new and something we haven't done before. But actually, all wheat has undergone the same process. And it's actually a man not long ago, and I can't remember his name, but he genetically modified wheat for and has fundamentally he fundamentally changed the entirety of society when he did this oh i need a glass of water but essentially he brought millions out of poverty saved tons of lives at a point in human history where we were growing in number very rapidly and food and agriculture wasn't quite growing at the rate it needed to to meet the demand of the growing population <coughs> modified uh, wheat in a way that provided nutrients for billions and so we are very lucky to have that person because that helped us get beer and bread right I think that it's on to the next fact and I'm just going to pick at random. I think we've done a bit of food, we've done agriculture and we've done Ebola, so diseases. 
I think it's time to do a little bit of environmental study. And this one is going to be fossil fuels are losing investors. Over 1,100 institutions have pulled $10 trillion from oil, coal and natural gas. So there's faith institutions, philanthropy, education, pension funds, government, corporations, NGOs, healthcare have all pulled money from natural gas and oil. It is becoming uh, growingly obvious that oil is expensive uh, and limited in supply and people are moving rapidly from electric cars to sorry from petrol cars to electric cars but not only are electric cars now more affordable than a petrol car over their lifetime uh, it's become quite clear that an electric car will become a brand new electric car might be more affordable than a second-hand petrol car because of the oil prices and the speed at which we are rapidly <coughs> oh my god I'm so sorry about the coughing uh, we are rapidly making new uh, renewable energy infrastructure I mean there's uh, on this site three different ways in which we are potentially tripling the efficiency of solar panels and wind turbines and then also simultaneously one of the biggest things is batteries capturing the energy that we're generating at night because with renewable energy wind and solar you generate energy when you don't necessarily need it and currently we have just had to find ways of storing that energy on the national grid uh, and essentially throwing it away or turning off the wind turbines and turning off the solar panels and not generating energy even though it could easily be generated at a time because we had nowhere to store it well the more electric cars that are appearing on the grid the more places we have to store the excess energy so it does not mean having more things on the grid more electric on the grid uh, because they are batteries rather than uh, things that are being used in the moment, it actually means that we are using up more of the renewable energy than we were before, and it's actually making renewable infrastructure uh, more profitable while not actually driving up the cost of energy for household goods like TVs and stuff like that because people are actually spending what they would have spent on petrol on electricity that would have otherwise gone to waste so everyone is winning in this particular instance as we move from petrol cars to electric cars and that means petrol is losing out really really fast and with a lot of the ways that the our growth based society works is that uh, you have to essentially be prove that you are going to uh, double in value every year in order to gain a uh, sensible amount of investment which is absolutely crazy but the second that people aren't sure that you're going to be growing in size it changes your valuation from being valued as though you are going to double in value every year to a company that is actually shrinking in size and so 
that means that you don't just half in value you sort of you, you your valuation cripples <coughs> and so a lot of these oil companies are having to invest in renewable infrastructure to prove that they're going to be relevant in decades to come and this is leading to ones that aren't a uh, mass exodus of finance uh, finances until they prove that they are successful in doing this interesting so i don't know what's in this article but um i'm moving on to the next thing and this is the title of this little tidbit the best things in life really are free what makes people happy according to data and let me just see friendship laughter, laughter nature these are the things that give us pleasure and they don't cost a dime money can buy all kinds of stuff but happiness doesn't come from material possessions it comes from family friends and our adventures in life merry christmas okay interesting what makes people happy according to data is two percent exercise six percent leisure three percent nature ten percent bonding eleven percent the enjoyment <coughs> enjoying the moment 34% achievement, 34% affection. Interesting sources, flowing data, happy database. Right, I want to know more about this. I need to know how they collected this data. Uh, interesting. I like that. I like the achievement idea. And affection, nature being part of it. It just seems like an odd table. I'm not really sure what to make of that one. Uh, famine, deaths, plummeted globally. Whoa. In the 1960s, uh, there were 5,470 deaths per million from famine. And now, in 2010 to 2016, so even less now, uh, only 40 people per million died from famine. Just remarkable the speed at which we are solving such basic ailments in society. I just wonder, we have all these crazy things going on, but as time goes on and we become wiser to the issues that affect us and get better at living with each other and understanding uh, each other's cultures and learning to trade with each other better and all those other things it's remarkable that every, across the whole world there could be this uh, essentially where we are living our lives out of what we want to do rather than what we need to do or what we have to do that food will won't only be a necessity but a right available to everyone and I think that everyone would need to contribute in that society but at the same time contribution would come with so much luxury for all citizens involved I think that's quite hard for us to picture today but I think over time that's going to become 
more and more apparent of how lucky we are because of all the incredible innovations that are emerging and being worked on now. And I hope that the few things that I've talked about in this podcast today have made you excited and more hopeful for that future emerging. I hope that you are enjoying listening to Generic Ear Porn and we really appreciate having all of you listen to us and hope you tune in for next week's episode where Charlie will be back and we'll hear all about his his lovely date. He's also been skiing in Austria, so Charlie is just living his best life and can't wait to hear all about it with him. I'm going to be seeing him this Friday and I'll be talking to him tomorrow, so I'll give you all a good update and thank you so much for listening. We, I really appreciate it. Charlie does as well and we'll chat to you soon. Goodbye guys. Bye.